It's April 7th, the 43rd day since Russia invaded Ukraine. My name is Richard Nephew, and I spent most of the last two decades developing, implementing, and terminating sanctions campaigns. I'd like to share a few thoughts on where the sanctions campaign against Russia can and should be going in response to this unprovoked attack. I think that the sanctions campaign's speed, scale, and significance in targeting as important an economy as Russia's has been well covered in other places. So here I'd like to focus on four points. First, although much was made prior to the invasion of the possible use of sanctions threats to deter Putin from invading, it seems reasonably clear that Putin was intent on invading Ukraine from the start. It is possible that he might have been dissuaded if a deal had been struck that was sufficiently attractive to him, something that got him all he was seeking from the invasion. But it seems reasonable to argue that absent this, he was convinced of Russia's military power and its ability to withstand economic pressure, so he was not going to be deterred. He may have thought that he would be able to move more quickly than any sanctions coalition, and that, combined with efforts to insulate Russia over the last few years, the impact of sanctions would be negligible. Certainly, Russia had taken pains over the last decade to make it harder for Europe to join a sanctions coalition, both in terms of finding ways of creating economic interdependence with Europe and identifying political allies who would stay Europe's hand. It's also reasonable to argue that he simply wanted Ukraine more, and that he was resolved to take action regardless of the consequences. In my book, The Art of Sanctions, I spend quite a lot of time talking about the mismatch of sanctions pressure and the ability to apply pain, and resolve the ability of a sanctions target to withstand that pain or to keep on doing whatever the sanctions were intended to stop. To my mind, this case is a clear example of Russia and Putin simply wanting to act more. My second point is that this is not the end of the story. The question now is whether Putin wants to continue in Ukraine so much that he's prepared to keep enduring the costs being imposed upon him and Russia. This is where the sanctions campaign, as part of a larger strategy, may prove far more effective. Now, there's no question of sanctions being used. They are being used aggressively, with new measures being added every day. Taken in combination with Russia's battlefield losses, the diplomatic pressure being applied, such as at the UN Human Rights Council, where Russia's participation was just suspended, and other political steps, we might find that Russia's resolve to stay on in Ukraine is dwindling. By exacting real costs on Russia, sanctions are helping to tilt that balance towards ending the conflict and withdrawal from Ukraine. Sanctions cannot achieve this on their own, but they may prove to be a crucial part of the overall story. That only will remain the case if the sanctions coalition facing Russia remains cohesive and coherent, my third and most important point. I share the view of many of my colleagues who believe we should intensify the pressure on Russia now as much as possible. The cutoff of Russia's ability to generate revenues from the sale of oil and gas must eventually be part of that mix. But this is where Russia's significance as an export of energy, particularly to Europe, comes once more into play. We'll have to be creative to find ways of taking away the advantage Russia has accrued from years of poor European energy security policies. Options such as requiring revenues from oil and gas sales to go into escrow accounts, as we've done with Iran, may be good ideas to explore, as well as finding ways to more generally interfere with the trade without taking away altogether. This is because Putin also has a say in Russia's energy exports. Were he to decide that turning off the taps is worth the self-inflicted financial pain, then the result could be a significant energy crisis that splits the coalition currently confronting Russia. Instead of going for quick and seemingly simple punishments, the sanctions coalition should focus on developing measures that make it harder for Russia to operate internationally, targeting the service sectors that enable insurance transportation businesses, for instance, and that raise Russian costs in more subtle ways and thereby complicate its ability to retaliate. In the meantime, Europe and its partners abroad must find ways of reducing the value of oil and gas card Putin has in his hand. This careful, measured approach to sanctions will also help sustain the international partnership standing up to Putin. Without a UN Security Council resolution to make sanctions implementation obligatory, the sanctions coalition is dependent on mutual goodwill, shared sacrifice, and common purpose. 
Sanctions are being an effective part of the strategy, then being careful to maintain this international advantage is crucial. Fourth, even as we are focused on designing and implementing sanctions, we may need to start discussing the requirements for terminating sanctions. I suspect that there are going to be serious differences of opinion among the partners in the sanctions coalition as to what would make a good deal with Russia and at what point sanctions ought to be relieved. Some partners, such as the United States, will be reluctant to relax sanctions pressure until a more permanent, enduring settlement is reached. Others may want similar assurances made for their own security, especially countries in Eastern Europe. Ukraine may insist on reparations for Moscow and will want to preserve access to restricted Russian reserves as a vehicle for guaranteeing such payments. Even well-meaning states that share interests with the United States are likely to have different perspectives on what a reasonable quid pro quo with Moscow ought to entail. Countries will also likely disagree as to how to respond if Russia cheats on a deal. To avoid infighting in the future that Russia could exploit, serious talks are needed now about what would merit terminating sanctions campaign in the future. Thanks for listening. I'm Richard Nephew, a senior research scholar at the Center on Global Energy Policy at Columbia University. I've served in the U.S. government for much of my career, with my last two jobs being Deputy Special Envoy for Iran and the Deputy Sanctions Coordinator at the State Department.